0: Twelve twenty. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network.
1: When Rob Black. Here, money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We should hit some of the top stories of the day. Unemployment claims, which come out every Thursday. You're probably tired of hearing me talk about them. Um, we're a little bit higher than expected, telling you that the labor market's still struggling. That is a no-brainer, in my opinion. It's easy to see. It's easy to understand. It's an easy concept. That means if we're not employed, we're not spending our paychecks or we're not saving. If we're not employed at somewhere between 4 and 6%, it's bad long-term for the economy bad long-term for our country. Uh, I'm not just saying that. I'm seriously trying to help you process this and get through this. Um, And what do I mean by that? You shouldn't be expecting just because your portfolio was at an all-time high a month ago doesn't mean it's going to be an all-time high six months from now. Wall Street should start reacting to these employment numbers, but Wall Street's got a lot on its mind right now from who's going to be the next president And uh, what sector should we reward next? Big tech has had a great year. The S&P 500 is now flat for the year. Um, Wall Street has a lot on its mind right now with these unemployment claims and with the election and ultimately with the pandemic, right? It's almost a she loves me, she loves me not, she loves me. No, she loves me not. On a day-by-day basis, how we're playing with the pandemic Hey, it looks like we're getting to get a vaccine. Oh, 200,000 people have died. Hey, it looks like we're going to get some um, some tonic that's going to make things a little bit easier for us to process it. And fewer people on ventilators, which is a good thing. Oh, look, uh, Wisconsin's seen a rise in in covid infections like it's a, she loves me. She loves me not every single day on the market. Other business stories of note today that are important or interesting Michael Jordan joins a NASCAR team with Bubba Wallace as his driver. That is a wow moment. And I want to say, Nike, you need to get on this and you need to promote this this in American history, because I think there's been one other black owner, but a black owner in NASCAR in a sport that's dominated in viewers by young white males in the south. This could get the rest of the United States watching NASCAR potentially. I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by that. And again, is an ambassador important to a company? You bet. And there's none better than Michael Jordan or Oprah Winfrey. None better. Anything they touch, you could almost invest in. Just throwing that out there. I think that's, uh, like I said, a very good story. Um, as far as business stories of the day. College uh, participation enrollment down two and a half percent this year it's a put up or shut up time for colleges on how they're going to deal with covid um, i was disappointed that the big 10 said let's play football i get it i get the college athletes only have that one year maybe to make an impact maybe to change their life maybe to get into the national sports and i get the big 10 as a national football league uh generator of talent big time i get it but it to do a reversal after you threw something down just it looks bad so this is stuff we're looking at right now uh weekly jobless claims rose more than expected not good on top of that you could say um i want to talk a little bit well let's take a quick look at the market shall we colleges saw fewer undergrads enroll college costs aren't free or cheap what else do I want to throw out this segment um, NASDAQ's up slightly the other markets are sideways this has not been a glorious week on Wall Street nor has it been a glorious month on Wall Street but like I was reminded yesterday when I was talking to briefing.com's Patrick O'Hare it's been a this is, we're, we're doing okay we're doing okay for the stock market in a pandemic One of the books that I've read that I think everyone should read is Nassim Talab's The Black Swan. Um, And he did a story inside of it where he worked for a casino. And that casino spent vast sums of money on surveillance trying to catch cheaters. The casino lost $100 million due to a tiger mauling uh, that he worked at. Do you remember Siegfried and Roy? So... He's trying to make a point that casinos spend a ton of money on surveillance to stop cheating, and yet Siegfried and Roy cost them $100 million. Or how about that time when a disgruntled contractor placed explosives around the casino with the intention of blowing it up? Or that time a cage employee with the responsibility of mailing in 1099-G forms to the IRS inexplicably hid them under his desk to the point that the casino almost lost its license? Understanding risk is super important. Sometimes it's not just the you know, uh, the eyeballs that you're putting on one customer who's trying to steal a $10 you know uh, can of uh, plumber's putty. Home Depot used to have a policy, and I don't know if it's still there. But they used to have a policy. If you see someone stealing, just let them go. And I'm like, "Really?" And I get it now. Because you have to understand you know, the things that you need to focus on versus the things that you can overfocus on. There was a casino's daughter who was kidnapped and ransom had to be paid, which was done out of the casino's own cash position. Um, so sometimes we're looking at risk, we're looking at risk, we're looking at risk, and we forget there's a lot more risk out there. And some of it can be managed a lot easier than others. Uh, which brings me to a sector that I think most interesting everyone knows energy sector is awful right now everyone knows that oil is dirty it's filthy it 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 ruins the planet it's heading back towards if you look at the energy select spider xle xle it looks like it's heading back towards double bottom at which point i'm gonna buy i'm telling you that now because i don't think it goes there right now It's the most interesting chart I've pulled up in months, the XLE, because energy stocks aren't doing well. And that's something that you can flinch. You you go, really? Yeah, but tech stocks are doing great. British Petroleum came out with a dire prediction for energy demand. The company is rapidly diversifying into alternative sources of energy. That, to me, is more of a sign that it's time to buy energy than it is to sell energy. I know, I know, I know. It's counterintuitive. And I'm not telling you I'm going to do this. I'm telling you I'm strongly looking to do this. I'm not telling you you should do this because you need to consider broker protection action on any stocks I ever mentioned on the show. Um, I don't predict the death of fossil fuels. Not in my lifetime. Not in my kid's lifetime. Um. So now there's an S and P 500 ETF that excludes fossil fuels. Pretty interesting, you no? Know? No, it's not. Um, I think consulting in this industry of being socially conscious and environmentally conscious makes a ton of sense. Your services are going to be in high demand, and yet I'm fascinated by energy as an investment right now. Because if you take a look at a chart, you're going to see what looks like a debut on the XLE. It's starting to form. You can see the rapid down and then a, a spike halfway back up, and then you can see it sliding back down towards that double bottom. Take a look at it. Tell me if you see it. Drop me an email, Rob at RobBlackShow.com. XLE.
0: Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Father,
1: Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Before we went to break, I talked a little bit about um, Michael Jordan and energy and unemployment. And I'm trying to stir the pot to give you kind of a landscape of what's happening out there. Um, As far as investing goes, I hope I make... Investing entertaining for you because it's entertaining for me and the idea of taking care of myself until age 100 is one of the reasons I'm doing this. I don't have to because my dad had a heart attack right at my age and that's when they found cancer in his lungs and then five years later he was dead. Um. Six years later, he was dead. Almost to the day when a doctor said, you'll be dead in six months. He was dead in six months. So they took the cancer out. And they comes back a couple years later and he's, oh, you got cancer. You're going to be dead in six months. He was told, you're going to be dead in six months. <laughs> it's kind of a blessing, kind of a curse, right? He could have got his financial affairs in order. He didn't. Oddly enough, he wanted to get his his social affairs in order. He wanted to make good with God again. He was raised Catholic, but he kind of fell out of that when his oldest son, uh, was caught selling marijuana and it was put all over the newspaper, Eagle Scout, black dope dealer. And it kind of crushed his, his arena that he worked in, that he lived in that his bubble of, of reality. um, I bring it up because he didn't get his financial affairs in order. I tried to do the show to help you get your financial affairs in order. Hopefully you have a will. And if you own a house in California, hopefully you have a trust. Because when you die, it's going to take a year to pass. It's going to have to go through probate and you're going to be paying an attorney when you're dead. 40,000 plus dollars to make sure that no one owned your property that shouldn't own of your property or no one's making a claim. It's a weird thing. I brought this up once on air, and oddly enough, my boss is suspended me for a day. So I'm going to bring it up again. But on the East Coast, you don't want to go through probate. You want to make sure the home is yours. Because 200 years ago, 250 years ago, uh, slavery was a big problem on the East Coast. And a lot of people promised things to people that, and took things that they shouldn't have. So you clear a title. You make sure it's a clean title. Isn't your home have a clean title when you bought it? You did a title check, right? It's crazy what probate attorneys could d- dredge up. Oh, you don't want to find out that you have got a long lost uncle who says the properties is. Or, oh, you don't want to find out that, you know, your old granddaddy made babies and the is part of the, the babies. Like, what? <laughs> My granddaddy? I don't even have a granddaddy. Um. so have a plan have a trust if you own a home you're going to save money a trust is going to cost you five to ten thousand dollars if you own a home and you die it goes through probate it's going to cost you forty thousand that seems to me every homeowner should have a trust it'll give the assets to your heirs that you want to give to your heirs I kind of like trust in a funny way they're they're wicked Uh, You can set up a trust so that, let's say you have a million dollars upon death. You could say, I want to give my son $20,000 a year until he dies. You could make that, you could do that in your trust. You got to get 4% returns on a million to get 40,000 to kind of self-feed that 20,000 withdrawal, but you could do it. Or you could say, I want my son... I'm 75 years old and I just had a baby who I'll be long dead before he goes to college. If my son finishes college, he gets 25,000. You could do that in a trust. It's not just my son gets my money. You could say, this is the one that I love. And this is the one that I've told the sugar booger, the spouse, um, she should put into the trust is the stipulation that if she dies and I remarry, All of our wealth, when I die, goes to our children instead of the new wife. That's kind of a weird one, right? I've seen it happen. A good friend of mine, family friend, her dad got a divorce, a gray divorce, over 50, right? Left her mother with nothing. Not nothing, but not a lot. Um, so she got a little bit of something in the divorce. So my friend's mother wasn't taken care of. He remarries and he gives the house everything. The inheritance all goes to the new wife. None of it goes to the children, even though her original mother and father had plans to leave the money to the kids. So she grew up thinking, I'm going to be wealthy one day when my parents die. And then that got taken away, an inheritance that kind of took a hard right versus staying on the freeway. You're like, wait, 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 where did that go? That kind of stuff happens. And that's why you should set up a trust, in my opinion. So you could say things like, for instance, what I would put in my trust if you have children. Something along the lines of this statement. When I die, my kids get the money if they finish college. Eh, that's kind of a jerk move, but okay. So even when I'm dead, I'm haunting my kids, right? And then I could say, okay, my kids, it's going to be in a trust and they're going to be able to draw 4% a year or 3% a year until it's depleted. Or I could say at age 25, he gets a quarter of it. At age 35, he gets half of it. And age 40, he gets the last half, last quarter. I could do that. But something that's kind of important to me, because my kids are going to be walking into some money, is that if they get married and divorced, it stays in his name, not the ex-wife. You could lose a lot of money in divorce, and that's my advice to everyone. You could lose a lot of money in divorce. Your child could get married early and quickly. I mean, we've all seen it. So here I am having this big, important conversation about trust and wills. Am I pushing it on you? You should do it. Did I say earlier in the show that I can't tell you what you should do? I could predict what's going to happen? That's what I'm trying to tell you. Things won't go like you want them to. Get a trust and a will. I'm Rob Black. talking all things financial money. Investing and more.
0: I, you I don't want to I don't want else. I don't want to go to Chelsea. Visit Rob Black online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about? investing in more. We're cruising towards the election. Um, I'll let you figure that one out for yourself. But it looks like it's going to be dramatic, is what I'll say on my my half. Um, California is going to ban new gasoline powered vehicles starting in 2035. I think that's very cool. I don't know if I want it. I don't but I, I think clearly Californians do, or something like that. Zero-emission vehicles. Well, in California, cars will have to be zero-emission vehicles. So it means hybrids are gone, too. Now, if you have a car, you could still use it. I don't know what the rules going to be if you go out of state. Maybe it's an in-state license plate. I don't know. Uh, the order only applies to new car sales, meaning that... As a resident of the state of California, you won't be prohibited from driving, owning, or selling used gas-powered vehicles. Will the market for gas-powered vehicles in 2034 explode? Will people start buying them and hoarding them? The social drama. I can't wait. Uh, And that's one that will hopefully happen in my lifetime. I could say 15 years from now I should still be alive, but who knows, right? I want to see that one unfold um and texas is gonna hate it republicans are gonna hate it if you're from a, a state that produces oil that's gonna cut down demand for gasoline heavily it's gonna be noted in the world california is the sixth largest nation uh sixth largest country in the world now does gas-powered vehicles does that mean tractors and does that mean trucks eh, see it's, it's passenger cars so let's not go crazy let's not go crazy does that mean if I get an 18-wheeler, I can drive a, a, my, my gas burning oil-loving vehicle? Uh, I, I can tell you, like I said, red states, uh, Republican states are going to hate that. And they're going to call Californians fruity and nutty and granola-loving tree-huggers and Berkeley berserkly graduates. So we've got that going for us, which is nice. The llama the gave me eternal life. I got that going for me. New home sales crush expectations, but supply is running out. Let me try to say that in English. New home sales crushed expectations, but supply is running out. Wow. Does the news not get worse and worse and worse for renters? Sales of newly built homes jumped to the highest level in 14 years in August, but builder supply dropped to just 3.3 months. If a home is not built between now and... In 3.3 months, we're all out at the current pace. Now, of course, that would be changed a little bit, but you get the idea. While the pandemic created huge demand from buyers, it did just the opposite for sellers. People are staying in their homes. About 400,000 fewer homes have been listed for sale since the pandemic began. Fascinating, the social uh, ramifications, the social behaviors that come out of a pandemic. Exceptional demand for both new and existing homes brought on by the stay-at-home culture that the coronavirus pandemic has cultured. Can a culture culture? Can a coronavirus culture? Yes. So housing is severely depleted, which means home prices are going to go up maybe dramatically. If there's only a three-month supply, that's amazing. If you're a seller, you you should put 10% on your home price right now. Because if there's a price war, some realtor is going to say, and for the record, I'm not giving you advice on what to sell your home at. You should consult a professional. I'm not a professional home seller. I am a professional poodle hair designer, but I'm not a professional home seller. So a three-month supply, that's crazy. I never thought we would get that low. Um, A buyer's market is when we get to like nine months. Nine months. Six months, kind of neutral. Four to six months is kind of neutral. Three months, that's a seller's market for sure. And sometimes you find yourself in a community that, you know, a house is listed and it's gone before it even listed. And you're like, wait, wait, it just came on. The, it, it didn't even come on the market. It was sold. That's how hot it is. Um, that's like a zero day, zero month supply kind of scenario. Three months is low. Uh, majority of sellers are also buyers right now. So even as new listings hit the market, another buyer is also being added. So if you sell a home, you're typically buying a home. But also some people are selling their home. Some people are buying second homes and some people are buying first homes. This is a weird uh, stew, pot of real estate buyers. Builders shut down operations in March and April, of course. The economy shuttered. It makes sense. We didn't know what the pandemic was. We didn't know anything about it. I wish we knew then what we know now. We've witnessed lumber prices accelerate. We deliberately sold inventory and limited sales on tomorrow's yet-to-be-started homes. It, it This is a, a plus for home builders, unless they can't get homes built between now and the next three months. All the demand increases for homes in August came from below the $500,000 price point particularly those priced below 300000 where demand is greatest. Um, I can tell you the attention to my home has been far greater in the last seven months than it has been in the last seven years. So home is where the heart is. Home is where the flu is not. I know you're saying, please move on, Robert. Please move on. There must be another story out there. So new home sales crushed expectations. Supply is running out. Um, racial inequality. This um, is, uh, going to be interesting to see if I can get this one out without offending someone, right? Citibank. Let's hide behind Citibank. They've put a number to at least try to figure out social injustice. They say that 16 trillion has been erased from the U S GDP over the last two decades due to discrimination, 16 trillion due to discrimination. Now, can't we all get along? Now that we can say like $16 trillion is, is, is lost. The study found that the racial divide addressed, um, that if the racial divide were addressed, a $5 trillion to be added to the economy over the next five years. City announced a more than $1 billion initiative to help close the racial wealth gap. I've met one person of color who was an entrepreneur who started an investment advisory firm like I did 20 years ago, One, And his name is Eugene Pryor. You can go look him up. He played for the New England Patriots. He was working in Bethesda, which is a heavy African-American, Black-American community just outside Washington, D.C. Um, and what I found interesting, all of his employees were people of color. And I thought that was wonderful. It was refreshing. I say this all the time. I'm a white. Caucasian puffy guy there's plenty of us in this industry I would love to see more women in the industry and people with anything other than a white tint on their skin pink whatever you want to call us our puffy ca- Caucasians and I know that's not cool but I think it would bring more people to the table I've got a friend who started a uh, movement of educating uh, people in Oakland black people in Oakland black churches in Oakland in particular and they want me to speak. And I'm like, absolutely. Know that, know that I'm white <laughs> coming in. And I'm like, just know that. just Let's not be surprised. Um, but we got to spread the wealth. And we got to educate people, all people. Um, $16 trillion has been raised from the GDP. $5 could be added to the economy over the next five years is what City is doing. Now, again, I don't know about their poll. I don't know much about it. Addressing racism and closing racial wealth gap is the most critical challenge we face in creating a fair and inclusive society, so says Citigroup CEO Michael Corbett. Keep in mind, Citigroup's CEO Michael Corbett also said he's going to retire early and let a woman, a woman take over a big investment bank. Oh, that's not going to be like in the Rumpus Room. There's a book in the early 2000s called The Rumpus Room. It was about one of the very first female employees at Solomon Smith Barney and how Just sexist, the culture is. I completely agree. It's changed a lot in the last five, ten years in in California. I don't know if it's changed in New York. But I can tell you, the financial institutions I see in California have gotten more diverse and inclusive. Um, But if we can all make more money, is that not the reason to do this? Just throwing it out there. Battery day was a big letdown for Tesla. Um, It's a little bit of an old story at this point in time, but I want to bring up the question, what's going to drive Tesla going forward? Is it going to be the electric vehicle announcement that Gavin Newsom made yesterday that all cars have to have zero emissions by 2035 in California? That's going to help Tesla for sure. Is it going to be the battery day? Well, no, not this time. Put that on the calendar for 364 days from now, maybe next time. What they need to do right now is have a great quarter. Every 90 days, they need to put up or shut up or come up with a new product that they're going to show us. That's how Wall Street works. It's a showman-type relationship. What's under the big tent with Tesla? We want to know. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. If you disagree with me, that's fine. I'm good with that. You can find me online at robloxshow.com. i Roblox.
0: what you and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money, on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: The time of day when the internet starts slowing down. Checking their emails. They're getting dressed up with no pants so they can get on their Zoom meetings. Or, if, or has everyone gone back to work? Is it just me? NVIDIA is up a whopping 15 bucks today, up 3%. Uh, the recent downturn was maybe the opportunity that you get, and that's it. Michael Jordan has signed on to own a NASCAR team. He's bringing along Bubba Wallace as his driver. That's two very, very influential African-American, and Black-American icons. Um, I'm excited to see what they can bring to NASCAR. Um, I can tell you there's going to be a lot of sponsorship money that is, will be dying to get in on that. Apple's up today as well. I'm seeing kind of a mixed day was what I was trying to get out with looking at numbers today. Weight Watchers is down. Macy's is down. I'm trying to find some not loved stocks. Nike just hit an all-time high yesterday, so they're down, a little profit-taking. Um, NASDAQ's moving slightly higher. The Dow, just just a teeny, tiny, teeny, teeny fraction of a sliver in the positive. But we're not going anywhere fast. The initial jobless claims were disappointing. The Fed has already said we're not going to do anything for two years, so we don't even have to think about that. Now we look at Congress and go, mm-hmm maybe get something done, boys and girls. Um, and yet it doesn't feel like it's going to get done. They have to take a break at a couple weeks before the elections. So they can go back to their home state and try to get elected. Um, time's running out. And if I think if we don't get stimulus, I think we're for sure, for sure the odds are going to creep higher and higher into recessionary odds, which is okay. I like recessions. Um, I think they're normal and healthy. I don't like the ones that are created by Congress, but it's still, in the end, okay for me. Why does Rob Black like recessions? Isn't that the R word that you're never supposed to say? No, it's okay with me. In 2000, when I came to the Bay Area, I was a young man. I was a dating, single young man. And I got to the Bay Area, and I was like, I have a six-figure salary, and I'm impressive on the East Coast. Holy mackerel. Not on the West Coast. Everyone here was six foot five. Taller than me. I'm six two. I'm like, no, I came to the land of giants. And they all had jobs and they all started at six figures out in California. So I kind of survived it when the recession hit. A lot of people moved back home. When the recession hit, companies like Webvan went out of business. Companies like Webvan were hiring a lot of people, giving them six figure salaries. I have a friend that studied um, at UCSB psychology and she got hired uh, at a dot-com company because she was a warm body. They just wanted people to pull the levers to make the company move. Um, now she's, you know, a psychologist in a totally different industry, but back then anyone, and I liked the recession because when it hit, it took these young people who only knew success of the dot-com, the roaring 90s. Um, that success was too easy for them. Now I kind of feel bad because it sounds like the millennials have been woken into 2008 and then 2019 COVID issues. Um, that that feels like – can't we be like the generation before us that walked into the six-figure jobs that you were just talking about? <clears throat> I know you promised to save the money if I give those to you, right? Yes, I promise. And then a couple months later, you're laid off and you're going to save a penny because that's just the nature of how we play this game. Um, But yeah, talking about corrections, talking about pullbacks, talking about recessions, um, the recession to me, what it truly meant in 2000, when we got the 2000, 2002 tech bursting bubble, what it truly meant to me was that I could go to restaurants Because before then, every restaurant was booked. It was was months in advance. Kids were smoking cigars outside. It was like the roaring 20s. It was kind of a nirvana uh, for San Francisco. It was a utopia of young people and money. Now, ask who didn't like it. The people who are already living here, the artists, the gay and lesbian community, uh, bisexual, transsexual, all of it. They were you know, happy not making 100000 working for a dot-com company, but living in San Francisco. And then all these kids come in, and they start buying property, and they start pushing the property taxes, and they start pushing the people out. So it became gentrified. Um, I've seen it in Hell's Kitchen in New York. Hell's Kitchen in New York used to be one of the toughest neighborhoods on the planet to visit. And now it's just lovely. It's just lovely. And that's gentrification. And ultimately, recessions help for me to send out some of the excesses. Does that make sense to you? Whether it's young people living excessively large or whether it's, you know, we're buying $120,000 vehicles because we can. A friend of mine worked at Uber and he bought a $200,000 McLaren. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yes. Um, he lost his job. I've never seen a person go into a depression faster because he lived larger than he should have. He made a ton of money. He still has it, but he's kind of regretting the way it played out. I don't need a $200,000 McLaren. I don't need those kind of excesses, but recessions kill those kind of excesses. Um, I know you're saying you find happiness in the strangest things, Rob. Initial jobless claims today are to me pointing to a higher likelihood of recession. Uh, if Congress doesn't do something, now, don't you wish you I didn't say that? It's like, well, maybe Congress does something. I know. And they will. Will it be pre-election or will it be post-election? I don't know, but it's coming. So they're going to manage the recession as best they can if a recession comes and the odds are looking more likely. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Love you. Hope you like the show. Tell others about the show. you find me online at robblackshow.com.